Hello out there in podcast land. This is Jason Rose with Rupus, and uh, welcome to the Rennie Doyle Podcast. Um, so this is a really important one to me. It's something that I've done and, and, um, you know, I'm non-confrontational on, on forums in the, in the, um, in social media and so forth, but it always wasn't that way. Uh, mm -hmm. I was known for getting underneath the skin of people pretty, pretty rapidly. And I called it verbal judo. You know, again, Mike, Mike, Mike Scott, my old boss taught me verbal judo, uh, is, was, taking and taking somebody on and having them not totally understand what just happened to them. And I put it the equivalent of fighting Bruce Lee, you know, <laughs> you know, if I was to go up against Bruce Lee, uh, the dude could be 90 years old and I probably wouldn't know what happened to me uh, after I woke up, you know, I mean, he just take me out that quick is I tell people to be that same way verbally in your communications with your competition. There's no need to get ugly. And that's what people don't – I don't understand when people get ugly on these forums and stuff because you can verbally, you can verbally win, a, win without going to war. You're going to see some slides in here that I really believe strongly in that, and I've really put that into action as I've gotten older, and I've tried to teach people younger than me that. So here's the biggest – the biggest thing that in, – in, in, in if you want to win your market and own your market is trust. Win your customers' trust. If they trust you – it's going to be hard to get anybody else to get, 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 get you. They're not going to get into your knickers uh, connection. Know them. There's no things about them. You don't need to be, you know, hi, call me. You know, uh, I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about it at a connection to where there's, there's respect. Supreme belief from others within you and your abilities is if people just think that you walk on water in your market, that is so valuable to have other people think so highly of your abilities and your ethics within business. If you can get to that level is that I always say the best, the best book in the world or the best selling book in the world. It's not the best written book in the world. It's the best marketed book in the world. You know, there's a lot of great books out there that just don't get marketed and they never, they never fly across our face because they're not marketed. But yet there's a lot of books that are okay that are best sellers because they're marketed mm -hmm. perfectly. There's no difference in, in, in business. The thing I love the most in, in, in verbal judo is doubt in place of trash talking. What I mean by this, I'll give you an example. Somebody, I'd be talking to somebody and they say, wow, you're quite expensive. What's the difference between your services? And I'll say, you know, that's a great question. For instance, you know, the clear coat on your car, is only, it's only so thick and it's only got so many services. So we actually measure that clear coat when we start and we keep track of, of what we're removing. Most people in the industry just buzz it away and they don't care and your paint system could fail. The other thing on the inside is that we don't use degreasers. We use products that are formulated for the inside that don't deteriorate and, and, and cause damage to your inside like the other guys do. Did we trash anything? No. We set doubt in their mind of what's going on with the, well, hold on. So we'd hear back all the time from our competitors and they'd say, hey, what the hell are you talking shit about, about we use degree? I, I never said that. You know what I'm saying? And we knew that the other customers were going out and saying, well, hold on, what do you use on the inside? So what do you guys, any input on this? I, 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 I agree with you. You can't get into these, you know, knockdown drag out fights 
in 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 social media and definitely don't do anything you wouldn't do on social media in per, or in person on social media right you wouldn't have these verbal sparring matches with with somebody out in public right so don't do it on social media either just because you're behind a keyboard um but you know you can be defensive of your position without being belligerent and uh one of the biggest compliments i was ever paid <laughs> and it's, it still makes me laugh to this day uh chip case our former ceo recently retired at the end of last year he uh he said to me he says dylan did you have a way in which you tell people to go to hell that they enjoy the journey? Ah. And I, I had to laugh because he says you have, you have a way of basically getting your point across without ever, I don't have to become belligerent. There's no you know, choice four letter words. There's no insult. It's a, it's a point counterpoint. So kind of what you're saying, Randy, you can present your point in a very methodical, intelligent, logical way. And you don't have to throw anybody under the bus to do it. We do this. That's, you can leave it there. You don't have to, the, you can say the other guys if you have to, but we do, this is what we do this because if you do this, this problem happens. That's it. You don't have to attack anybody. And, and uh, another quote I like is nobody's ever built a nice house by build, say, by stealing bricks from their neighbors. You know, it's, <laughs> you, know, you, you, you just, you, you build your own foundation. You stand on your own two feet. You present what you do or how you do it or what makes you su superior. That's it. That's all you need to do. You don't need to go, we're great, and the other guys suck. This part doesn't need to, the other guys suck part doesn't need to happen. It's, we are great, and here is why. That's exactly it. Okay, stay in case you're right. Uh, one of the greatest, uh, one of the greatest minds you guys work with this guy, every time I was around him, Chip was just, um, you talk about it, not, he's a true renaissance man. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, my God. I could sit there and talk life with this guy endlessly. I mean, it's just. I sure miss seeing him. You know, I really miss seeing him. So, Jason, what snaps out at you right now? Well, the the trust thing for sure. I think um, uh, there's a great book I read, um, High Trust Selling, uh, I think was the title of it. Hmm. Um, but I think, I think trust is kind of a basic foundation for good relationships, whether it's a customer relationship or not. Um, and then the other thing that's not on here uh, that I'm thinking of as I look at this is um, respect. So, right. I mean, whether whether you're on social media, um, and I don't know what happens uh, to people where they just all of a sudden have all this bravery, and you know, when you're typing on a keyboard, you like Dylan said, you, they end up saying things that they would never say face to face to somebody. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think just common respect uh, is a good way to to get your point across. Yeah. It, you know, I, I, uh, I always tell people talk like your mom sitting there next to you, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> doesn't work for everybody, you know? Um, you know, but it, it's, 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 there's no reason for it. And I just, you know, I'm going to get into these next slides cause I think they're great. This is something that, um, the art of war. I, I, I was, I read this book when I was a, a teenager, believe it or not, 18 or 19 years old. Uh, it's got so much to do with life. And, you know, the art of war is, it is about war. It's, it's, the book is, is, is a very old book. Um, I, I've got a condensed version that my, my daughter bought me. That's kind of all the key. And I, and I read it at least once a year because some of the quotes, my favorite quotes are going to be in here right now. But if you have not read this book, it's something that you need to, you need to read. And a lot of the skills uh, that the book talks about is still taught in war college today. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. So uh, have you guys read that book? I haven't, I but I'm writing it down. 
Yeah, I haven't read. I have the I have a condensed version like you're talking about with kind of key. It's kind of the the Art of War for Dummies version. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I do. It's one of those like I got to read it one of these days in, in its full context. But it's, it's powerful stuff. My my book's falling apart. I mean, I've owned it you know for for thirty plus years, and it's unreal. Uh, appear weak when you are strong, and strong when you're weak. Um, you know, I put a I put a I put a a quote up uh, a couple years ago, and it says, "You act rich, I act poor. We're both liars." You know, <laughs> uh, it's because again, is that you know you draw out is is is, and I don't want to draw. Listen, you know, business is business war. It can be. I mean, you know, when we went in, you go up against a guy, and I, I'm I'm not bragging. We I'm very aggressive in business. Uh, I'm very aggressive. We don't trash talk. We beat, and we don't we don't undercut. We come in the most expensive. That's not easy to do. But the thing is, I come in with a serious goal in mind, and I'm not going to stop. One of them was this, is that to our, to, to, our, to our enemies, to our competition, they thought we were the new guys. That was the best thing I wanted them to do is think that we had a struggle in front of us. You know what I'm saying? You think that all you want, but appear weak when you're strong and strong when you're weak. Is I, you know, I, I see these guys, and I'm sure you guys both get them as you get these glamour emails from guys saying, Oh my God, I watch everything you do. And you know, I'm just a young guy starting out and I really, you know, and I'm like, dude, you're no different than me. The only difference is I've got, I've got seat time, you know, is I'm a lot older, but here's the deal. Here's, you know, here's some bullet points to success. And if you're going to listen, great. Uh, this is another one is that in the midst of chaos, there's also opportunity and we're in a little bit of chaos right now. And I'm telling you right now, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Um, we are striking. I'm striking in a different, you know, Chris and I are, are putting a lot of things together and we're going to, we're changing our business. This today is part of that change, you know, as we put this into motion, but there is a lot of chaos in your market right now. While everybody is out of control, I like to say, I, I, I call my businesses controlled chaos is meaning that I'm a little nuts. Uh, I'm very, I'm, I'm ADD, probably on the, the verge of ADHD now that I've aged, uh, a little out of control. I'm actually not a bad speller uh, like people think, but I don't blame them for thinking that because I put things up so fast that when technology changed and we went from, when, when I went from writing to typing, it got real bad. When it went from typing to texting, it got horrible because I think faster than I can write and I don't spell it and I'm so excited to get it out there. I just put it out there and like, what the hell does that even mean? You know what I'm saying? I mean, I have no idea what that means. But in, in the midst of chaos, there's a lot of opportunity right now in a lot of markets. And if you sit quiet for a bit and you listen to your market, it's going to whisper to you what it's looking for. So, Jason, we'll start with you this time. Yeah, I like what you're saying, especially about, um, you know, win the winning and losing is a, is a fascinating topic for me personally because um, – you know, my education's in psychology, so I think about these things a lot. But um, in the world of detailing in the business and in the industry of detailing, and if you think of a local market with competitor, you know, com competing against each other, in my view, we have to really define what we mean by winning. And I think that a lot of detailers, in order for me to win, that guy has to lose. And I don't, necessarily believe that's true. I think that in a local market, you can have multiple winners in that market. And you don't necessarily have to stand on the shoulders of your 
competitor in order for you to be superior. You know, like what Dylan said, just you can put your best foot forward and have it be all about you and not about them. Amen. God, well said. You know, for a long time, I thought I, I worked off of uh, my ego um, when I was younger. The bigger I could get, uh, I think it's because I wanted to take I, – I never knew my dad growing up. He was very successful in business. I uh, still don't know him. Um, I was competing with him, believe it or not. Um, I was angry at him, you know, for leaving us and me never having, you know, kind of having a rough childhood. And I, 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 it took me a long time to get over that, you know, is I, I, I didn't need to compete with him. I didn't need to compete with anybody. Uh, and actually, when it really came to head was when I met him. I didn't feel that way until I met him. And he got into my mind a little bit, and it really, it really screwed with me. It really did. I let it screw with me. It's not his fault. It's my fault. I had a really bad attitude about it. And as I slowed down uh, in my 20s, I had the right attitude. And then I got the wrong attitude for about 10, 12 years. Uh, that's about the time that we met Jason. I was just all screwed up. You know, I'm not going to lie. Uh, you know, I wasn't screwed up. I've never been a drinker. I've never been a partier. I've, you know, I paid my bills. I paid my taxes. I've served. I've, you know, I've done all the right things. But the one thing I screwed up on was I, I, I really beat me up. I didn't need to be the biggest. I didn't need to be the best. I needed to be happy. And I love that yeah. that you just made. So Dylan. Yeah. A lot of the same. I mean, I think all of us at some point in our lives, especially when you're younger, it's the, you know, you come out beating your chest and I'm the biggest, I'm the baddest. And it is a, and if you are an independent business owner or anybody with any level of success, you're a competitive person by nature. You, you have to be competitive in order to succeed in life. Um, you have to be goal oriented and goal driven. And part of that is being competitive. Um, but I like what Jason said, you don't have to stand on the shoulders of your competitors. And so kind of back to the quote that I said, I love my analogies and I always use these to illustrate things is, you know, nobody built a nice house by stealing bricks from their neighbors. Well, let's, let's think about that real literally. If you take that and you say, think about everybody understands property values. If you tear down every house into a pile of rubble around you and build yourself a mansion, your property value went down because every house around you is now a pile of rubble. Man. That's wow. Okay. okay so high, if, five me. high five me. Right there. <laughs> that, was, that was the quote of the day right there. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. Okay, good. That was the quote of the day right there. Jason. I didn't know. It was, a, it was the quote competition. I win. No. Um, <laughs> you, got the big, you, you took Viagra this morning, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it is, it's as simple as thinking of it like that. If you, if you eviscerate the competition and level everything, you are not going to fully service that market. You can't possibly, and you can't grow fast enough to service everybody in the market. You're not going to provide services that meet every need in that market. I, so a, a successful business exists in a market where there are competitors and you, you can be the best guy and there can be competitors, but mm -hmm. don't yeah. drop the property value of your neighborhood in the process, I guess is probably the, uh, is yeah. the way to do it to sum that up. You know, it's funny cause, uh, Jason doesn't know this, but in our, our five day training class, there's only four students. Several people I quote multiple times. Jason's one of them. Uh, Mike Phillips is another one. And now, Dylan, I'm going to do a whole session on that. Uh, no, seriously. <laughs> I'm dead serious. And I give credit. I'm very good. Everybody will tell you. I, I don't steal other people's things. I give credit where credit's due. Uh, that is something that I'm going to actually build on a little bit and go into about a five, ten-minute um, lecture. We've got what we call an hour-day marketing program. And that's something that the reason why I'm so excited about it is you just, you know, you just said it better. I, 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 uh, I didn't master the English language until I was uh, about, uh, let's say I'm 54. So I still haven't done it. 
<laughs> so, so you uh, you saying it that way, it, it really puts it into a brilliant uh, pattern. So I just, wow. I mean, that is just. Uh, Thank I, you. I, I, you know, I would say something else. I'll call you afterwards, you know, and we'll have a little uh, pillow talk and, you know, I'll go from there. But uh, that was beautiful. <laughs> That was Thank you. Thank you. The supreme art of war is to subdue the enemy without fighting. I would go into markets. I remember when we came into the market in Sun Valley, Idaho, there were seven other detailers than us in a market with 25,000 people. And that was a very fluent market, right? But there was just every wannabe was a detailer. Everybody that had a bucket, you know, was a detailer. By the end of that first year, we were down to about three of us. As we came in and we, we showed what detailing truly was. It wasn't too difficult. It sounds amazing. Uh, it, it wasn't hard. It really wasn't. By today's standards, uh, you know, the, the highest level guy was probably one of our lower level guys, you know, in that market. But here's the deal. I never, I never fired a shot. I, I went in there and just proved it with our, our great service and communication. Uh, I proved it by being wholesome. I proved it by uh, delivering outstanding quality. And I did it by being double the price of anybody else in town. And so how, how do you go through it? We, we actually took the market down uh, two years after our second year into it. It was two of us. Then it would bump back up. It'd go back down to two of us and then up to four, five, six of us, and then come back down to three or four of us. But here's the deal is two, our best competitor, meaning that somebody that was really good, Carl's ultra shine. I think Carl's still doing it up there. I wanted him around because when people would call, I I would, they'd say, hey, is there any other detailers in town? You're pretty expensive. Yeah, call Carl. Carl's the only one I trust. Other than us, and it was. He's the only other one to trust. But he was within 25, 30 bucks of us. He, he was, now it was just down to who, who did better customer service. And I like those odds, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, and then we, Carl and I decided that we wanted these two crackheads that were in town. We needed them too because they, they did the work what we, neither one of us wanted to do. And so we kept them busy. And they're, they're making four ninety five an hour, you know, um, and, and, and literally watching them, it was like Jurassic Park when the Raptors go crazy on each other. Uh, <laughs> it was awesome, you know. And so, you know, we never, we never threw a blue, blow and we won. And I still think I wish more people would look like that. And I, I've got one guy, Jamie Buchanan, down, he's down in the south. Jamie's this, this little dude. He's, he's a hillbilly dude. You look at him, he doesn't have two cents. His operation before this happened was, was, was doing about $2 million a year, uh, doing a lot large volume. But he was also building up about half of that was retail. And Jamie doesn't look like he's got two cents to his name. He talks like he doesn't have two cents to his name. He's one of the most successful, happy guys I know. And all of his shit is paid for. He, he doesn't have any debt. He doesn't carry debt. And the guy's got a heart of gold. He's, he's a very faithful-based guy. You know, he does a lot with youth groups and stuff with, within churches and camps and everything else. Here's a guy that gives more than anything. He's killing it down there, and he, he, never, he, he never shoots a bullet at his competition. How cool is that? So thoughts on this, you guys? Yeah, I, I think competition is uh, one of the best things you can do to advance your business. And I think, you know, I'm aging myself, but I started detailing at a time when um, a lot of the selling process early on was educating customers on what I do. So, I mean, I was a mobile detailer and I actually had to educate customers what that means because, you know, the average consumer of detail services now, they know what detailing is. 
Mm-hmm. But back then you had to like, yeah, I really come out to you and I do. So anyway, but then there was this phase where I had competitors and I loved it. And within the first five minutes of conversations, I would quickly refer people to my competitor uh, like you did, because I'd say, oh, I think I understand what you're looking for, uh, but I don't do that. Um, I'll, I'll send you over to this guy because he does that. And then there's this long pregnant pause on the phone like, well, but you're a detailer. He's a detailer. How come you don't do that? Well, I do this at a different level. And then you begin to explain to them about you're on a different level. Right, right. Yeah. You know, referring over to, it was funny because Carl and I would, we, we would take them when, when somebody come in and say, oh, I was looking at about a hundred bucks. We'd say, hey, go over to CHD detailing. They're really good at that. And so yeah. finally after about, I don't know, six or seven years of that, these guys finally called us and they said, Hey man, we appreciate you guys calling, you know, sending people, but they were a company's not CHD. Why do you, why do you, why do you keep doing that? And I said, Oh, I'm sorry. I, I just didn't realize it. Crackhead detail. <laughs> <laughs> and so we kept, we kept calling it crackhead detail. The customer didn't know. We never told anybody, you know, so I guess I just got it out of the bag now. But we liked having we liked having a resource, you know, to send the people we just didn't want. So, Dylan, you got any input on this? Yeah, it, it actually ties in with that because my second detail business was focused almost entirely on high end collectors. I'm talking people with 50 plus vehicles that needed. It, it was operated under the name Discrete Detailing. Nobody, I didn't take pictures. There was nothing. It was you could pay me to come in, and we we did very. These are people who didn't want people to see all the cars, right? Um, and at the time before social media, so it was even would have been a great business model to have now. Hey, I'm not going to post everything I do for you online. But my business was able to exist at a premium because the low quality option existed. A business in a vacuum, if there's no competition, is just that business. It can't be high. It can't be low. It's not good. It's not bad. It's the only, right? You have to have, there has to be other levels below you. If you want to be the best in the market, don't be angry that there's the $50 bucket brigade below you. Yeah, they establish, they help you establish your value without yeah. them. You are, you, I mean, everybody wants to be the $13 restaurant hamburger, right? If McDonald's doesn't exist, there's no, there's no desire for the $13 restaurant hamburger because it's the only hamburger. But if McDonald's exists and sells a dollar hamburger out there and people go, well, I want a better hamburger. Then they want a $13 hamburger, right? You have to be the, if you want to position yourself as the best or the premium or top of the market or highest quality, whatever it is, there has to be stratification to the market. You can't produce that stratification yourself. You can't be the worst and the best at the same time. So somebody else has to be the worst or provide a lower level of service. And then there's all those rungs in between those people that you would go, Hey, you know what? That's not really what we do, but these guys, they, they focus on that. And they actually do a solid job for that type of work. Here they are. Then to your customer, also, you look like a consultant, not, not a greedy sales guy, not the silver tongue devil, right? You're going, yeah. hey, that's just not what we do here, but I have a guy that I would refer you to that I think has that need for you covered. That's brilliant. Yeah. Amen. That's, uh, that's great, man. I love it. So uh, one last one. Every battle uh, is won before it's fought. And my point to put, putting this up is, is that you're pre-planning. You're you're, you're planning. There's a reason why in the military and search and rescue is that, you know, I've been, I've been really fortunate uh, in the military. I've done some fun things called op four where we play the bad guys. So we get to dress up whatever, whatever these guys are going over to encounter whatever part of the world. Uh, we study the tactics of the, their, their opposing party that they're going to be fighting. And then we put that battle on for them. So they're, they're a little prepared. Right. 
And one of the greatest things to do is watch these special forces just walk through us like, you know, a hot butter knife and butter, you know, is how much pre-planning they do and how much muscle memory they build up. And I'll tell you your pre-plan, if you've got a good business plan, you've got solid finances in place, uh, meaning, I mean, I started with nothing. You can start with nothing. I, I mean, it's, it's mine. Again, I show this almost every time. That's where my start was. I don't, I'm, I'm one of those guys. If you want to start with nothing, go for it, you know? Um, but here's the deal. You better have a really good plan in place. Cause that's what I did. I started with nothing, but I knew what my mission was and I had goals and time goals set with that. And so, you know, here's the deal to right off that last slide and what both, both, both Dylan and, and Jason just said, if you pre-plan for all this, the answer is already there. You don't have to start on the bottom. Matter of fact, don't start on the bottom. I want to start on the top. I know where I'm going. And I know what I am and I know what I'm going to offer. And there's no need to start on the bottom. Uh, now you're going to have to go through some learning curves, some rough times. Your freshman year is going to, a lot of people think, Oh, my freshman year, one year into it, man. No. Remember selling the first, that first bottle, Jason, that, that, yeah. that, that, that Barry taught you is that those first five, four or five years, maybe six years are selling that first bottle is you, you it's going to take you a while to get foundation, but I'll tell you, we've got people now that in five or six years are, are, are where it took me 20 years to get. And that's exactly because of there's gentlemen like this today sharing their knowledge with us. And you can cut that time down drastically, but you're not going to be, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. And so you to build your wealth up is going to take time. So Dylan, we'll start with you this time. Yeah, we've talked a lot about it. I think it goes to understanding your business. It goes to pre-planning and all those things. And then what we said early on, don't over-plan, though. Don't wait for the right moment. Get your plan together and go and and learn to adjust. The, the cycle that, I, that Jason talked about that I do is, you know, deploy, analyze, adjust, repeat. I mean, you send it out there. Get ready. Go. Look at it. Study it very carefully for that first little bit. Then pull everything back and go, okay, what worked, what didn't work? Turn the knobs, adjust the EQ, do this and then send it back out. And it's a continuous process. That cycle should always be going, but you have to get started and you have to have at least some plan of action to get going. But if you don't do those, so to the point of it's, it's one before it's five is your, your success is going to be predicated on the planning. And it's not just a one-time plan and go, it's a plan and then plan again and plan again and plan again and keep adjusting, keep tweaking, keep refining, keep making it better. Um, if you're, if you're in a market where you're competing, if you stay internally focused, on improving your business, you will climb those rungs very fast. And you, if you do deploy yourself as that premium or top of market brand, you may not have the highest volume right away. Doesn't matter. You don't have. I mean, your 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 point about flavor, Randy. What's your what's the flavor of your business? Are you that one dollar value menu McDonald's cheeseburger? Or are you that thirteen dollar restaurant burger? Mm -hmm. Whatever it is, doesn't matter if you sell one or a hundred of them. Be that until you get to that level. And don't be make sure you're not the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Uh, make sure that your curtain doesn't get taken down. You're full of shit. Uh, pay your price. Learn what you're doing. Be legitimate. But, you know, the Wizard of Oz, the great wizard, uh, he got shown. He wasn't a great wizard. He's a little old dude behind a, behind a curtain. Behind a curtain. <laughs> you know? And so you got to make sure that you're not him. So, Jason, in input. Yeah, so my mind went somewhere else on this, although it's really relevant to what you're talking about here. But I was thinking more as a product developer, and I know, Rennie, you are, and Dylan, you are a product developer. And, and uh, I think of developing products for detailers. And in the back of my mind through a whole product development process is I'm asking the question, what would I need to do to have the highest level of confidence that the product is successful before the launch. 
Amen. So Amen. it's all about the preparation, the validation. Um, and I strive for this. Every single product that, that I'm involved in, we want to guide the, the team to the point where we are so confident. And it's all about that confidence before you enter the battle, like in, in, in your quote here. How, how, what would you have to do to have the level of confidence that before you even get on the battlefield that you already know you won? And it's, it's a very, very important question to ask because it, it's, it grounds you back into, okay, what do I need to do to be prepared? I love it. And, you know, yeah. Rupus has done a great job. They're notorious. Um, you don't take, you know, as a company and as brand, uh, you don't take anything lightly. And, and, and everything, it seems, I'm sure it's not, I'm sure it's more chaotic, controlled chaos, again, when you guys are introducing, but it seems to flow so easy. You know, it's just like smooth jazz you know, when it comes out, but you guys have done just a, a fantastic job, you know, of introducing new products and new opportunities and education. And, and again, it's a, it's a 360 wheel, you know, with your guys's brand is it's, you, you've got everything you've got, you know, the tools, the products, the people, the education, the support, you know, and the branding, you know, and then repeat to Dylan. I've got something that I do. It's called dream vision plan execute. Um, and it's, you know, the dream stage, <clears throat> dream about what you want to do, what you want to be, <clears throat> then, then take and go through and vision it, really write it down on paper, you know, from a dream to paper and then plan it and then go out and do it. And I think mm -hmm. that's where we're at right now is let's go out and do it, you know, let's get it done. <clears throat> so, Hey uh, guys, um, I can't thank you enough. Rupes, uh, team Rupes, two of them, two of the main guys, you know, the whole team, I'll tell you, I met the Italians. Most of us did right before before they're even in America. And if you've got the opportunity to meet, you'll know why they've been successful. Uh, because, you know, they were in the early, early, early days. Um, they were renaissance in, 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 in the industry. Uh, they, they brought a breath of fresh air when we needed, a, we needed some rescue breaths pretty bad. Uh, they brought a new level. I think that you guys have changed the game in so many ways, not just with your tools and innovation, but I think even more importantly with the education, the vision, and the marketing. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think that just what you guys, the message you've sent out has instilled and inspired a whole generation of, of detailers and, and uh, including myself. So I want to thank, thank from top to bottom. I love that you pay tribute for your company, you know, keeping you guys on. Um, I think that's huge that you pay respect to that. But uh, we want to thank you for coming in. So, hey, Chris, um, any, uh, any questions, comments? I know we went a little long on this one, but uh, wow, you know, how, how, how could we not? Uh, maybe, uh, maybe we're that boring where we put Chris to sleep. Put him to sleep. We might have put him to sleep. Chris, you there? <laughs> He's not. So let's go back. Uh, cheeseburger theory. I love it. Uh, <laughs> boom. Let's see. Mark Nelson, 11 when people take my kindness for weakness. Uh, Oh, I love that Mark. That's great. Uh, Bob Phillips adds in great, a great job, gentlemen. So many useful nuggets to work and live by. Mr. Phillips. Thank you, sir. Yeah. yeah thank you. I'm back. Oh, Hey, there he is. There he is. <laughs> I was, I was muted in the system, not just at my mic. <laughs> oh, there you go. So I'm just walking through anything pushing that we want to open up to these guys. It looks like a lot of thank yous. Um, 
Yeah, I did have a, um, I had a question on Facebook that I'm, uh, I'm trying to go back and find. It was a little while ago. Um, but uh, uh, here it was. Uh, what topics of education do you guys suggest for a group presentation? So like if you were presenting, I, I guess, to your, your clients or something without coming across too salesy. I, you know, my thing is Jason nailed it earlier. A lot of people don't understand what detailing is. They still don't. And, and I think just, 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 I would bring it at an angle. I would, I would, I would throw, I would take car care from their own angle that you're not trying to sell them, that you're actually educating how to take better care of their car themselves, but then throw in little nuggets that this is what we do for our clients that don't wish to do it themselves. So kind of be educate them, even share products with them that they could use because there's going to be like four or five, there's going to be like 10, 15% of the, of the group that don't want to do the work. Mm-hmm. and you're going to sound like a hero and it's just going to build up your brand. You're going to be likable and all that. So what do you guys say? Yeah, I would uh, actually, Oh, sorry, Dylan. No, go ahead. Yeah. I would just expand a little bit, Rennie, on what you said. If, if I were a detailer now in business, I'm, I'm not in business now as a detailer, but if I were, um, I would be doing through this pandemic, I would be doing uh, zoom, you know, events, open to all my customers and I'd be teaching them how to maintain their own car. Cause the fact is a lot of people sitting at home, they're working on their cars in their garage. And I would, I'd be educating them on car care. I'd be showing them how to polish, you know, machine polish. And like you said, the reality is, is once you take the time to teach them what all this detailing is about, many of them come to the conclusion, Oh my gosh, I don't want to do that. I'm hiring you to do it. Amen. Amen. Dylan? Yeah, same. And I would add to that, leave them, always leave them wanting more. So if, if this is going to be a regular habit, which we can probably foresee for some parts of the country, you're going to be without the ability to get in large groups for some time. Um, you know, set it up. Reach out to that local. I use the Corvette Club because there's almost one in every city. But I used to do it for Porsche clubs and things like that in Southern California. And it was, hey, we're going to have a tech day. And I'm going to teach you clay bar. And for us as detailers, that's such a, like, well, come on, everybody knows that. But the reality is most people don't. So if you do a short 30 minute webinar for a car club and says, Hey guys, this is free. All you need to do is show up and I'm going to explain to you the basics of why a clay bar treatment to your car is important. Make some product recommendations to Jason's point. And then you leave the end of that and say, Hey, if this guy, if this was interesting to you guys, here's my contact information. Send me an email with something you'd like to see in an upcoming topic. And maybe next month I'll get your club together and we'll talk about the proper way to clean wheels or proper car washing techniques or how to clean leather or whatever. Don't, don't dump everything on them. Yeah. The one thing that I see detailers do in their sales technique and a lot of things is they tend to just info dump diarrhea of the mouth. You know, they just in talk way over the customer's head, explain the minute details of everything that that customer doesn't care about. Don't do this in this format either. Give them digestible content. Think about somebody who doesn't know a thing about what you're about to talk about. Present it in a 30 minute chunk, little nugget of information, and then set yourself up, leave them wanting more going, if this was useful, what do you want to hear next? And then you've got this rotation. And then that Corvette club guy, maybe he's also in a Mustang club or he's got a buddy. Hey, you're here. You're doing this for the Corvette club. Would you do one for me? Sure. You know, how we merge the groups. We'll get a bigger audience together. Or yeah, I'll do one for your group. What do you guys want to learn about? You can keep building that. And even when this all goes back to normal, you can transition it to live events. Keep doing them virtually. I mean, people are going to be so acclimated to this new normal that, they'll be perfectly comfortable with the idea. Even if they could come see at your shop, maybe it's just easier to do it online. Amen. Great points. 
Hey, uh, Patty, uh, Patty gives us uh, a great, this is a book. Um, I'm actually going to have Diane. I've heard it many times. I haven't read it, but the richest man in Babylon. Mm. Um, it's a, it's, it's, I've heard this Patty. Thank you so much. Uh, she says it was recommended from her on, it's all about financing. And I think that I've kept hearing this book up. So I'm going to have Diane order that book. Um, I, I, I've kept hearing, this is like the 10th time. So why I haven't ordered it is beyond me, but let's get that going. That's a great, that's a great add in. So thank you. Thank you, Patty. So Chris, anything else pushing? Um, not at the moment. Okay. So here's, here's what we're going to do guys. You know, we just officially, this is the longest webcast that we've done. Hey. <laughs> here's, and here's bragging rights. Uh, Chris, when we put this into podcast mode, let's do it in three or four sections. Uh, session one, session two, session three, maybe session four. Uh, I knew it was going to go long. And, and because of the topics and who you guys are, um, I, I, I want to thank you guys for not just today, but for all of your input for a career length of what you've put into the industry. Uh, except my challenge is that I, I want to take the hate out of this industry by being leaders of that, where I'm just not going to get in debates. Uh, I'll, I'll get in a debate, but I, as soon as it turns hateful, I'm out. Um, and I think this needs to be across the – the other thing on my personal page, I'm going to start trying to go about 80% personal and 20% business is if people don't want to know me for who I am, they can go follow our, our business pages. You know, we'll just sprinkle a little bit of, a little bit of, of professional stuff in there, but I think we need to get back to the, to, to knowing the people, you know, versus uh, what we do, who, who we are, you know, and so I, I had great fun, believe it or not, going in and, and researching the pictures I wanted to use. Um, because it gave me an opportunity to look at, you know, the, uh, I mean, I, I'll be direct. I don't, I don't go on social media much anymore. You know, um, I don't like where it's gone. I just, I just don't. And so it was fun for me to dig into your guys' profiles a little bit and, and see pictures of you guys, you know, and outside of our, our monkey suits, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, and so it was pretty cool. So guys, I want to thank you for coming in and uh, Hey, reach out to these guys and give them some support and some kudos on social media, just tell them if you appreciate it today, make sure to let them know, you know, this is two hours out of their day. And, uh, Chris, thanks for putting all this together. Jason, thank you. It's always nice. We've had about 20 years of, of friendship now, Dylan, uh, it's been awesome to watch you mature and grow, uh, see the family come up and, uh, I'm glad you guys are in Colorado and Chris, I'm really sorry you locked down. I'm going to go for a walk without my mask and take a picture. So, <laughs> All right, guys. Hey, Happy uh, telling everybody you guys take care. Thanks for thanks, thanks. Randy. We'll see you Thank soon. Thank you, Randy. See ya.